This is Wednesday, April 19th. How do you view God? What is your perspective of God? More than anything, how we see God will shape the way we live and, of course, the way we worship. In the beginning, we are told that when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, they walked with God in the cool of the day. Of course, we find this difficult to comprehend. How were they able to do that? There was nothing standing between them and God. No rebellion, no sin, no division. They were unified with the God who created them. How must that communion have been? Think of those times when you have experienced peace and joy, and then try and imagine it in all its fullness. But you see, then a, a, a huge rift was opened. Unwilling to trust God's goodness, they turned away from God, seeking a way of life on their own apart from God. The end was frustration and misery. A great chasm was opened between them and God, and this we feel to this day. Here's our scripture passage for today, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 3 to 9. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on a hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nakan, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God, because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah, and to this day that place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? Now this scene comes from the period of history for Israel when David was king. David knew sweet communion with the Lord. He wrote many songs of praise to God. We continue to sing them. They're found in the book of Psalms. And he enjoyed worshiping the Lord. Now for this reason, David sought to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. The Ark represented the Lord's presence among his people. And David wanted the Lord's presence close by with him. What is described here was the process of moving the ark. The whole scene took place as part of a giant worship service. It was all meant to honor the Lord. The people were watching, musicians were playing their instruments, when something devastating took place. The oxen pulling the cart with the ark on it stumbled, and it looked like the ark might fall. One of the men that was helping move the ark, Uzzah, reached out his hand to make sure it didn't fall, and when he touched the ark, God struck him down right there. Now, it's difficult to understand how shattering this was for everyone. David was doing a good thing. He had good motives, and Uzzah's family had kept the ark in their home for many years. How could this possibly happen? 
What was wrong and why was God's response so severe? It just didn't seem right for the Lord to do this. Now here was why. God had given his people strict instructions about the care and carrying of the ark. David and the others had moved the ark without obeying the word of the Lord. The ark was never meant to be carried on a cart. God had commanded it to be built in such a way that it could be carried on poles. Now this may seem like a simple mistake, but no, to the Lord, this was a major breach of his word and his command. This, you see, God asks us not just to worship, but to worship him in the way that he has asked us to worship. And that's why we look at this passage as we're learning about worship today. We, do, we need to remember that we do not worship the Lord as we wish, but we worship the Lord as he desires. As the book of Hebrews reminds us, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's Hebrews 10.31. You see, God is not one to trifle with. God is majestic and holy. He is a consuming fire. This metaphor of a fire is often used to speak about judgment. We cannot appear before God. Perhaps we do not understand this about worship. Here's what the author Annie Dillard said about worship. On the whole, I do not find Christians outside of the catacombs sufficiently sensible of conditions. Does anyone have the foggiest idea what sort of power we so blithely invoke? Or as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? The churches are children playing on the floor with their chemistry sets, mixing up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear lady straw hats and velvet, velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmet, helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews, for the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense, or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. As she said that, to get more than a chuckle out of us, but for us to stop and think about the God we worship, that we might come before him with awe and reverence. David and the others had good motives, but they forgot the God they were coming before. When Usa died, David wondered how the presence of the Lord could ever come to him. Exactly. How could we ever be in the presence of the living God? This is why the gospel is so powerful. Yes, Jesus has opened the way. He took the death we deserve so that we might enjoy the life that he has. So that we might be able to come boldly before the throne of grace, bringing our needs and ourselves to the Lord. This is why Christian worship is both reverent and joyful. We know the cost of our communion with God, and we come to know the character of God. At the same time, Jesus has brought us into the throne room so that we might know and enjoy God. Let's pray. Forgive us, O Lord, when we come before you without acknowledging your glory. Remind us that access is possible only through the grace of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.